The holidays are on at Old Navy, where all jeans, all pants, all sweaters, and all outerwear are on sale up to 50% off now. Jeans start at just 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. All the looks you love, even this season's must-have plaid styles, are on sale. Plus, get fashion in a flash. Buy online, pick up in-store for free today in just two hours. Hurry in for up to 50% off all jeans, pants, sweaters, and outerwear at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 11.4 to 11.13 excludes in-store clearance. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh yeah, Friday! It's my favorite day of the week. You know that. I'm always in a good mood. It's Red Friday. Remember everybody deployed. Let's get you. We can never forget about our veterans who have selflessly given some their all. So it is Red Friday. I'm wearing my red nine line t-shirt. Welcome into the program. Matlock, your host. Um, Got some big news. I got, I got some, should I let the cat out of the bag? Meow. Should I? Should I let the cat out of the bag? I'm good at letting the cat out of the bag. I don't think I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. I don't think so yet. Um, I'm working on some stuff today. Um, it, I, I told you. So first of all, thank you. It is Friday. I love Friday. We're heading toward the weekend. It's the Friday roundup. So it's everything that I couldn't get to, some of the stuff that I've forgotten, things that we couldn't do, that kind of stuff, because it's Friday. There's going to be some politics sprinkled in just because there's so much going on today. But uh, I want to give a shout out. Um, I'm going to start doing this, I think, uh, either on Thursdays or Fridays, but you guys are blowing me up. I mean, thank you for everything that you are doing, for listening, and would like a huge favor, if you would. If you would share the Matlock show with just one person, you would double my audience. Tell one person over the weekend about how amazing this show is. Bring them on over here. I would certainly appreciate it. Working hard to bring you quality information and entertainment Monday through Friday here on the Matlock show. I certainly appreciate it. You can find me over at Real Matlock on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor. You can find me on Facebook, The Cartel Matt, and you can find me every day Monday through Friday from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern on America's Voice News. Lock and load. I want to give a shout-out today. It is Friday. Um, here are my top demographics this week, and thank you so much, Chicago, Illinois. Chicago has been leading the way. I don't know who's listening up there in Chicago or how many or the number, but thank you because inevitably every week Chicago is the top of my demos. But I got Chicago this week. We've got Dallas, Texas this week. We got Fort Worth, Texas this week. And we have Houston, Texas this week and San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. You guys are fantastic. You're all in the top 10. I Love it. I love this state. I love the state of Texas. It has treated me amazingly well. I never want to leave. I was talking about it yesterday. Um, I got to go over and uh, tape uh, 
some Chad Prather shows yesterday over in Studio 22 on The Blaze, so they'll be coming out next week, so I'll let you know when those episodes air. They were fantastic, by the way. Um, I also want to say thank you to Philadelphia, Denver, Atlanta, Georgia, Indianapolis, Portland, Oregon, and Charlotte, North Carolina. That rounds out the top 10. Thank you so much for all of you listening. I mean, the numbers are phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm overwhelmed. This is week number eight. We're going into week number eight. I never would have thought this when I left Mojo that that, that you guys would show up this big. I mean, I was getting good numbers at Mojo. And uh, I'm getting better numbers now. I, I, I'm literally getting better numbers now than I did on the platform. Thank you so much. And with the television show and, and everything else, I, I, I'm humble. And it is Red Friday. Let's remember everybody deployed. And uh, once again, humbled and honored to be an ambassador for SaveTheBrave.org. SaveTheBrave.org. Org. Head over there. If you want to donate, you can. They're a great 501c3 charity helping veterans of PTS. They're 100%. They give 100% of all monies to the charity. Nothing goes to the staff. Nothing goes to anybody other than the charity. So go check it out. Savethebrave.org. Um, got a good show for you today. Got a lot of talk about today. Um, there's a couple things I want to hit on. Like I said, it is the Friday roundup, so we're going to jump all over the place because it's Friday. I mean, it, we're, it's, it's party time, Mom, as, as Chad says, Chad Prather. Head over to watchchad.com. Great fella, by the way. Him and Party File Steve are just burning it up. I mean, I am honored to be considered their friends. I went out and shot uh, some trap with them, some skeet, some clay pigeons the other day. Thursday had a great t- Thursday, Wednesday. Had a great time, so make sure to go check them out. This segment brought to you by Scars and Stripes Coffee. Scarsandstripescoffee.com, or you can go to the matlockshow.com. The link is on my website. Head over there and empower a veteran. Dread Friday. Go empower a veteran. This, these veterans are hired. It's an e-commerce platform that they're provided. They don't have to pay for anything. They get put into small groups, which helps their mental state, which helps their outlook, which helps them succeed in business. And you get fantastic coffee. I mean, the coffee's good. I'm sitting here drinking downrange. It's good. It is good coffee. Head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. Get you some coffee. Buy some merchandise, whatever it is. A portion of that goes to that veteran that you empowered. It is fantastic. It's a fantastic organization. I'm going to do a bunch more with Scars and Stripes Coffee as the get the as the days go by here. Um, it is amazing. So get over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. Check it out. Do it now. Tell a friend. Share the link. Do whatever it takes. Scarsandstripescoffee.com. All right. President Trump. I'm going to tell you, this guy's got balls of solid rock. Remember, remember the rock, the movies? Sean Connery, he's got bowls of solid rock. That's the best Sean Connery I can do. But uh, Trump, President Trump wrote a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And it says the White House is planning on sending that letter as soon as today, arguing, get this, that President Trump and his team can ignore lawmakers' demands until she holds a full House vote formally approving an impeachment inquiry 
to sources familiar with the letter told Axios News. Boom. I mean, this dude's got big old balls. Think about what Trump's doing here. I, you know, I read this story last night and I'm like, son of a bitch, this guy's the master. Because here's the deal. There's not going to be a House vote held. Nancy Pelosi's not going to do it. Why? She can't. She cannot put at risk 30-some Democrats from very bright red districts who have to go on record as to voting for impeachment of the president. It'll kill them. And it will flip the House from blue to red, from Democrat to Republican. Trump knows it. So what is the, what is the House doing? What's Nancy doing? She's skirting the rules. Now, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I got that story coming up here next. But she's skirting the rules. She's not following precedent. For those of you in Flint, Indiana, that means she's not doing what was done before. And it has been done before. Nixon, Johnson, Clinton, all have went through this process. And the president was to vote in the House. What's Nancy Pelosi trying to do? She's trying to have her cake and eat it too. She's not going to call up a vote because she's trying to protect her members, the 31 Democrats who are in red states, but she's trying to appease the socialistic, communistic, progressive wing of her Democrat party. You know, the squad, the very same people that President Trump hung around her neck like an albatross. This guy is good. So what does he say? Um, Nancy, here's the deal. We're not going to do shit with you if you don't hold a vote to confirm impeachment. It's a sham. We're calling you out right here and now. President Trump just threw the gauntlet down and said, you know what? I don't believe you. And either way, this is what's amazing about this move. Either way, Trump wins. Think about it. If she doesn't take a vote, Trump can run out to the cameras and say, huh? I wrote her a letter. This is a fraud. It's a sham. I told her that, you know, take a vote and we'll start supplying you with all these demands, with all these, you know, subpoenas, with all of these, these documents you're looking for. Take a vote, impeach me, and you'll start getting what you want. So if they take a vote, which I don't think they will, and Trump's impeached, he wins. Because he gets to go to the Senate, and I've said this before, if the House impeaches the president, it goes to the Senate for trial. And Trump gets to hire his own attorneys for his defense. And Trump gets to bring forth any information he deems fit for his defense. He could bury the Democrat Party. And I'm going to tell you, they're never going to impeach Trump in the Senate. You need 67 votes. That means you would need 20 Republicans to come out and vote for Trump's impeachment. Now, mind you, on top of everything else, I mean, I want you to think about this story because I'm reading a ton of stuff, right? They don't vote Trump wins. He goes out and says it's a hoax. They do vote and they don't impeach Trump, they don't have enough numbers, Trump wins. If they have enough numbers, Trump wins. Because now all those people are on record, all of those Democrats that Nancy Pelosi's trying to protect are on record and, and the Republicans take back the House. 
and then Trump gets his trial in the Senate. But on top of all of this, I've been reading these articles. I was over on Drudge last night, and they had a, a constitutional scholar. Remember uh, Barack Obama was supposed to be uh, a, a constitutional scholar? But they were talking to a constitutional scholar, and they said, um, if Trump gets impeached, could he run again for president? Because in our Constitution, it, it doesn't say that he can't. So I want you to think about this for one second. Trump gets impeached in the House. Some crazy, crazy deal happens in the Senate, and Trump gets impeached. He then runs for president on the Republican ticket and says, you know, the swamp took me out. You need to vote me in. America, I need to hear your voice. Do you want me to take out this swamp? Do you want me to fight this awfulness that is Washington, D.C.? Trump could get reelected. His first term wouldn't count, and he could be in office for another eight years. Think about Democrat heads exploding there. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I read the article last night. You can find it over at the Drudge Report. I think it was from the Wall Street Journal, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I don't think Trump gets impeached, but anyway it goes, Trump is 20 steps ahead of these morons, and that's what they are. They're absolute morons, but Trump says, hey, you know what, Nancy? Put up or shut up. I'm done. You either impeach me or you shut the hell up and I'm not giving you crap because you are not following the rules. How brilliant is that? And by putting it in writing, the case that Trump and his supporters have been making verbally for days, the White House is preparing for a court fight and arguing to the public that it's the resistance to Congress request is justified. Trump wants to force House Democrats in vulnerable races to be on the record if they favor pursuing impeachment. Republicans also say the minority party can exert more influence over hearings and other aspects of the inquiry once it is formalized with a vote. By calling this an inquiry without holding a vote, Pelosi and the Democratic Committee chairman are having it both ways. They want to be a little bit pregnant. Now, there you go. So, we got a response. We have a response from Nancy Pelosi because the gauntlet's been thrown down. And then Kevin McCarthy got into this deal. The House Minority Leader jumped in here and uh, it says House Speaker Nancy Pelosi responded to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's letter requesting answers to a series of questions regarding the partisan impeachment inquiry, dismissing his concerns. So rather than answering the questions, Pelosi told McCarthy, that she hoped Republicans would follow the facts and proclaim that Trump asked yet another foreign power to interfere in the upcoming 2020 election. We're going to talk about that in a minute because Trump went out yesterday and not only did he double down, he tripled down. And now he's asking China to look into the Biden's background.
So now he's got Ukraine, which we've got a story. We've got a story today for Ukraine. I mean, this is getting so damn good, folks. It is a great time to be alive in politics because Fox has a story today. You turn in Ukraine. Top prosecutor says Biden link Burisma case will be reviewed. Ukraine's top prosecutor said today that his office is conducting an audit of cases that have been previously investigated and closed, including the probe involving the energy giant Burisma, where Hunter Biden had served on the board. Ruslan Ryobashpika, the country, say that fast three times, the country's prosecutor general, said at a news conference that his office was instructed to review cases that have been closed, fragmented, or investigated to make sure they were fairly, fairly and thoroughly handled. He said no one attempted to influence him to make the call. Uh, there you go. Now back to Nancy Pelosi because Kevin McCarthy wrote her a letter. I want to read it to you because it's fantastic. But the theatrics that are going on up on Capitol Hill are a joke. It says the honorable, the honorable Nancy Pelosi. That's a farce right there. Dear Speaker, I am writing to request I am writing to request you suspend all efforts surrounding your impeachment inquiry until transparent and equitable rules and procedures are established to govern the inquiry as it is customary. As you know, there have been only three prior instances in our nation's history when the full house has moved to formally investigate whether sufficient grounds exist for the impeachment of a sitting president. I should hope that if such an extraordinary step were to be contemplated a fourth time, it would be conducted with an eye towards fairness, objectivity, and impartiality. Nope, nope, and nope. Unfortunately, you have given no clear indication as to how your impeachment inquiry, inquiry, inquiry will proceed, including whether key historical precedents or basic standards of due process will be observed. In addition, the swiftness and the recklessness with which you have proceeded has already resulted in committee chairs attempting to limit minority participation in scheduled interviews, calling into question the integrity of such an inquiry. Yeah, and I talked about that yesterday. The GOP gets no hand in this interview of this ex-Ukraine envoy, Mr. Volker, right? So below, he says, are several questions to which I request a public response before the House of Representatives moves forward. He says, here are the questions. Listen to these. Do you intend to hold a vote of the full house authorizing your impeachment inquiry? Do you intend to involve the full house in each critical step of, of this inquiry, including defining its scope and it's establishing its rules and procedures? Do you intend to grant equal subpoena power, both the chair and ranking member at the committee level? Do you intend to require that all subpoenas be subject to a vote of the full committee at the request of either the chair or the ranking member? Do you intend to provide the president's counsel the right to attend all hearings and depositions? Do you intend to provide the president's counsel the right to present evidence? Do you intend to provide the president's counsel the right to object to the admittance of evidence? Do you intend to provide the president's counsel the right to cross-examine witnesses? Do you intend to provide president's counsel the right to recommend a witness list? Do you intend to refer all findings on impeachment to Chairman Nadler and the Judiciary Committee as prescribed by Rule 10 of the Rules of the House, or is Chairman Schiff in charge of leading this inquiry as reported in the press? Because, yes, normally impeachment runs through the Judiciary Committee, not the intelligence. 
So he says, by answering no to any of the above, you would be acting in direct contradiction to all modern impeachment inquiries of a sitting president. By answering no to all of the above, you would be denying the president the bare minimum rights granted to his predecessors. By answering no to any of the above, you would create a process completely devoid of any merit or legitimacy. At a news conference yesterday, you insisted we have to be fair to the president. Those words are to be taken sincere. The American people deserve assurance that basic standards of due process will be present. Given the enormity of the question at hand, the removal of a duly elected sitting president, anything less than a thorough, transparent, and fair process would represent a supreme insult to our Constitution and the millions of Americans who rely on their voices being heard through our democratic system of government. I look forward to your prompt response on this critical matter, Kevin McCarthy. Now, all of those answers are going to be no, because Pelosi's not going to hold a vote. Hence the reason you're seeing the articles today of Trump trying to pressure her to do so. And I think that letter's probably coming. And then it's going to get fought out in the media, because that's all this is. It's a farce. It's a play. It's a game. It's played out. It, this has nothing to do with our government. This has nothing to do with precedent. This has nothing to do with the rules. This has to do with the court of public opinion. So Pelosi responded to the letter last night and did not answer any of the, requ of the requested questions, arguing that the president asked another foreign power to interfere in the upcoming 2020 elections. That's a reference to Trump telling reporters that China should start an investigation into the Bidens because of what happened in China is just about as bad as what happened in Ukraine. Now, I'm going to get to this story because I got it here in the stack. Before I do that, big favor, head over to combatflipflops.com. I know that, that uh, flip-flop weather's just about over, but please head over to combatflipflops.com. Use Lock 2-5. They don't only have flip-flops. They have merchandise, they've got jewelry, they've got all kinds of stuff. Bad for running, worse for fighting. They're great flip-flops, I'll tell you that. I've got two pair, probably going to buy a third. But they've got great stuff. And they empower, once again, a little bit of the money, a little percentage of what you spend on that uh, merchandise, goes to help educate Afghanistan, Af women in Afghanistan. Because the guys over at Combat Flip-Flops believe that education will get rid of war. So head over to combatflipflops.com, use LOCK25, L-O-C-K-E, and get you 25% off today. All right, so here is the response before I get into China, because we're going to talk about that in a minute. But Nancy Pelosi responded to Kevin McCarthy's letter. It's pretty short. It's only three paragraphs. She says, as member of Congress, we take a solemn oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The existing rules of the House provide House committees with full authority to conduct investigations for all matters under their jurisdiction, including impeachment investigations. There is no requirement under the Constitution, under House rules, or House precedent that the whole House vote before proceedings with an impeachment inquiry happen. It, that's the way it's happened the other times. There are no requirements. She's right. It's just precedent. It's happened before. As you know, she says, our founders were specifically intent on ensuring that foreign entities did not undermine the integrity of our elections. I received your letter this morning shortly after the world witnesses, witnessed President Trump on national television asking yet another foreign power to interfere in the upcoming 2020 election. It's not what he's doing, but we'll get to that in a minute. 
We hope you and other Republicans share our commitment to follow the facts, upholding the Constitution, protecting our national security, and defending the integrity of our elections at such a serious moment in our nation's history. Best regards, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House. Yeah, she is a, this lady's a moron. Nancy Pelosi, she's got her back against the wall. The squad's beating her on one side. The moderates are beating her on the other. And she just doesn't know what the hell to do. But here's the thing. Trump <laughs> said on Thursday, President Trump said Thursday that China should investigate the business dealings of 2020 rival Joe Biden's son, Hunter as he doubles down on his prior and controversial call for Ukraine to do the same. Now, you noticed he said Hunter, not Joe. Hunter's not running against Trump. Hunter's not running on the Democrat ticket. And he's not asking about 2020. What Trump is asking is for Ukraine and China to investigate 2016. I mean, isn't that what the left wanted? I mean, think about it for a second. Isn't this what the left says we should be doing? Should, should, should we be investigating? You know, the left was all gung-ho while Mueller and all of his cronies and Democrat lackeys and Clintonites and all that stuff were out there digging up all kinds of dirt on Trump in opposition re research and fusion GPS and Christopher Steele and Bruce Orr and Nellie Orr and McCabe and Comey and Brennan and Clapper and Strzok and Page. But now that Trump wants to investigate 2016, oh my God, it's unconstitutional what the president is doing. That's such bullshit. Trump said that the other day. I mean, the guy's got balls the size of, 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 of pool balls. I mean, the dude's got balls of solid rock. And he's got the, the Dems in a corner. And now he's just saying, you know what, China, I think you got ripped off. Here's what he said. China should start an investigation into the Bidens because what happened with China is just as bad as what happened with Ukraine. I'm sure that President Xi does not like being under that kind of scrutiny where billions of dollars is taken out of his country by a guy that just got kicked out of the Navy. All true. His call for a Chinese investigation into the Bidens comes as the House moves forward with an impeachment inquiry against Trump for pressing Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky over the summer to look into the family's dealings referring to an old investigation involving gas company Burisma Holdings where Hunter served on the board in the elder Biden's role outing a prosecutor who had been looking into them. With his China comments, Trump was referencing another side plot involving the former VP's son, including a 2013 trip to Beijing on Air Force Two in which Hunter Biden tagged along. While it's not unusual for families to join such trips, NBC News reported at the time that Hunter Biden was attempting to start a big money private equity fund. Chinese authorities issued the business license for the fund 10 days after the trip was over. Coincidence? I think not. Biden campaign chairman Cedric Richmond dismissed Trump's comments on China, saying it was a reprisal 
of his Ukrainian efforts to taint Biden and a reflection of polling showing Biden leading Trump in a hypothetical head-to-head matchup. I love that. Biden's not leading Trump. Not in any world that I live in, you live in, or any fantasy land. There isn't one Democrat leading Donald Trump right now. They like to tell you so. They like to make up news. They like to fake these polls and oversample Democrats by 15 and make it so it looks like it. But there isn't one Democrat right now that can beat Donald Trump. So Richmond says this president is scared and he's acting out now. That's not what it, I mean. If, if these people think the president is scared, they're crazy. You know, who was it the other day? I think it was Tim Murtaugh said, you know, if these people believe these polls, they ought to fire the pollster because they're not the numbers we're seeing. These people are liars. These people are liars. And I'm telling you, the walls are starting to close in on the Bidens. You're going to see Joe Biden ran out of this race in the next two months. I don't think he makes it through November. Seriously. Poll numbers are falling. His energy sucks. Now you're seeing stories out there because of the heart condition that Bernie Sanders had, which I have a story on that here in a little bit, that now Joe looks frail. I mean, he's 78 years old, 77 years old. Guy's not young. But now they're coming out saying the president's scared. No, 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 sir. You're, you're, you're actually mistaking scared for strength. You, you picked the wrong word, my man. Uh, if anybody is scared... It's Joe and Hunter Biden. If they reopen this case and find out that there was extortion, that there was pay to play, that Vice President Joe Biden was using his position as vice president to shake down Ukraine, all hell's going to break loose. But there was never a scandal in the Obama administration, right? Never a scandal in the Biden administration. Why do you think, now I'm going to ask you the question here. Why do you think president, former president, Barack Obama hasn't said a word? You notice that he is, uh, let's just say he's not in the picture. When's the last time we've heard from one president, Barack Obama? Let's, let, let's go look up his uh, Twitter account and see the last time that uh, Barack tweeted. Just, just for giggles. Uh, let's see here. October 3rd, yesterday, like the Beatles said, it's getting better all the time. Thanks, babe, for 27 amazing years. So it was his anniversary. Or September 24th, which was 10 days ago on National Voter Registration Day. It's up to us as citizens. Make sure everything we, everyone we know can make their voices heard at the ballot box. Then we got to go back to September 20th. One challenge will define the future for today's young generation more dramatically than the other, any other climate change. Still hasn't talked about Joe. September 17th, talked about Greta Sunberg in this little picture of him bumping fist. We go back to September 12th, Hurricane Dorian. September 12th, Jermaine Bell. Now, September 12th, Dorian. September 11th. Dorian and 9-11. September 9th, let's talk about voting. Never, and then you go all the way back to September 4th, North Carolina. He hasn't said, you know, don't you find it odd that the former president of the United States, who's so ready 
who is so ready to jump into the middle of the fray and, and, and to get his voice out there and be heard because all of these liberals are a bunch of media horse. Do you find it odd that we haven't heard anything from the former president who hates this president? He hasn't said one thing about impeachment. He hasn't said one thing about Joe. He hasn't said one thing about Ukraine. He hasn't said one thing about Hunter Biden. He hasn't come out and said this is just complete and utter farce. No, because he can't. He can't. He can't say that. And now you got the left out there beating the war drums again. I love this. You know, I talked about this yesterday on the show, and I want to talk about it again today because this is what I find fantastic about all of this. A normal Republican, a normal, weak-kneed, spineless, jellyfish Republican would get these kind of bombs thrown at him from the left because this is, this is the left's M.O. This is their M.O. They come out. They sling accusations, right, wrong, indifferent, does not matter. They don't care if they're true. They don't care if they're false. They don't care if they make sense. They just sling because what happens, the media immediately picks up their story and runs with it. So now you've got Democrats out there throwing shit around. The media picks it up and starts throwing it around. And what does it do? It puts the Republican in a corner. It smears that Republican all over the mainstream media, all over the print media, all over the Sunday shows, all over the alphabet networks. That's all you see 24-7 because it's a concerted effort to take that Republican down. This is what the Democrats do, and they've done it time and time and time and time again. So you got that so far, right? We throw out these baseless accusations. We we smear these people. We take it to the mainstream media. We take it to the alphabet media. We take it to the print media. And they put on the full court press. And then what does the Republican normally do? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I still want to be in the cool cocktail party hour. I did. I want to still be invited to all the fun stuff. I want to be in power. And I want to be in control. And I want my committee seat. So please forgive me. And and they, they go out and they apologize. They admit they were wrong. Even if the claim was baseless. Even if it doesn't matter. Even if it's not true. Even if it's worth fighting for. They apologize. My bad. I don't want to be smeared all over the news. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be this way. I, I, I want to be in with the cool kids. And then what happens? The Democrats double down. They don't take sorry for an answer. You never apologize in politics. That's why you've never seen Trump apologize, and he's never going to. So, so the person apologizes. The, the Democrats double down. The next thing you know, they run that Republican out of town. Done. That, that's, that's the MO. That, that's, that's what they do. Well, now they don't know what the hell to do. Because they've tried all of that stupid shit on the president. And what does the president do? He comes out and says, F you. Hey, China, why don't you look into the Bidens too? Boom! And what can the left do? Well, Trump, I don't know what he's doing, but I don't like it because this is not the way it's supposed to happen. And come on, media, help me out. They don't know what to do. They're stuck. What now? 
Now what do we do? Because now he's exposing all of us. Now he's showing the world what we're doing. What do we do? How do we, how do we combat him? What do we have to do to get rid of him? And then they come out with these chintzy, ridiculous impeachment hearings, this inquiry. And Trump says, you know what? I'm going to call your bluff. I'm telling you what, President Trump, if you're listening to this show today, I would, I would love a 10-minute interview with you. I would love to play cards with the president because I bet he's damn good. The dude is smart. The left will tell you that he's not smart. But Trump's smart because I want you to think about what he did yesterday. Trump can't go out there and give a a speech or a press conference and say, you know, I want China to investigate the Bidens. He just, he can't do that because most of the time, no one would, they probably wouldn't listen. But what he does do is he goes out there and, and he starts speaking to these reporters and they start asking all these questions. And then out of the blue, he starts throwing things in. And then the media has to cover it. The media has to cover it. And then all the little lemmings and the little you know, hanger-ons and the little stooges of the swamp start coming with this, right? Now, now we know, which I'm going to tell you, most everyday Americans probably don't know about China and the Bidens. They may have some recollection or they might have some kind of sniff of fact of Ukraine. They might know about that because it's been in the news for a little bit. But most do not know about what's going on with China and the $1.5 billion. So they're just now learning this. And who's bringing it to the forefront? President Trump. So who's scared? It isn't President Trump who is scared. It's the left. Adam Schiff for brains took to Twitter and he says, you know what? The president cannot use the power of his office to pressure foreign leaders to investigate his political opponents. His rant this morning reinforces the urgency of our work. America is now a republic, he says, not a democracy, if we can keep it. Isn't it amazing how they change the language all the time, the left? But you know what? Trump didn't. He didn't say, hey, China, you have to investigate the Bidens. He says, I hope China does. See, it's so funny. These people, they hate it. And they know Trump's going to find out the information. And they know it's not the information from 2020 that they're worried about. It's the information from 2016. Now, I have a, I have a clip here I want you to listen to. It's about four minutes long. But uh, there's an article here. Former Clinton spokesman. So they got to run to their familiars. And th- what did I tell you? about the media carrying the water and holding the narrative. So they've got to run to a former Clinton spokesman who claims that the White House is heading for disaster due to the Trump-Pence split. Now, I don't know about you, but I've heard of no such Trump-Pence split. But now it's going to become a story because they've got to deflect what Trump's doing because now they're like, holy shit. Now Trump's talking about China. He's talking about Ukraine. He's talking about all of the all of the scandal and the illegality that has went on with the Bidens. And it's not just with the Bidens. How do you think Elijah Cummings in Baltimore, where'd all that money go? He's starting, Trump is, to uncover the crimes. 
He's starting to show that these people, these politicians, are getting wealthy and they're getting their family wealthy by using their positions of power. But I want you to listen to this. This guy, his name, let me find it here. His name is Lockhart is his name. Um, Joe Lockhart, a former press secretary for the Clinton administration. I want you to listen to what he says. Here we go. The Washington Post reports that President Trump repeatedly involved Vice President Pence in his efforts to pressure Ukraine's leader to investigate Joe Biden and his son. The Post reports that Mr. Trump had the vice president tell the Ukrainian leader that hundreds of millions of dollars in U.S. aid was going to be withheld. Joining us now is CNN political commentator Joe Lockhart. He was President Clinton's press secretary, and he ran the White House war room for President Clinton's impeachment. So once again, you're the perfect person to talk to. Um, Vice President Pence can't be pleased about being in this position of having to deliver news like that. And, you know, Vice President Pence is perceived as being more of a Boy Scout than President Trump. So what what now? Well, I think the there's a split between the president's aides and the vice president's aides. And that is always uh, a sign of impending uh, uh, disaster. Uh, the vice president's uh, aides were putting out yesterday that he had nothing to do with this. He didn't know anything. So let me let me let me fill you in before we keep going here. So there's a split, this Joe Lockhart says, between the president's aides and the vice president's aides. Now I think they're completely making this up because they need a different story to change the narrative. But we'll continue about it. He wasn't aware of any of. And then the president's aides put out that, well, not only was his guy on the call, is he had the transcript within 24 hours, and he was given the briefing when he did go over to Poland, and you know, as part of the mission to meet with uh, with Ukraine's president. So um, it's it's a bit of a circular firing squad right now at the White House as people try to position their principles and settle some scores in the, you know, in the process. Look, I might get struck by lightning for suggesting there's some grand strategy here. But if you look at the big picture, there are those who suggest that the White House, the president's team, is bringing up the word Mike Pence or the words, I suppose, Mike Pence, because what they're doing is sending the message, everyone's involved here. If you come after me, it's everyone who's going down. See, and that's moronic. Once again, what's the president saying? I'm not going to go down myself. I mean, these guys, they've got they've got erections here. They're like, oh, look at this. We can change the narrative. Oh, they're all going down. Oh, it's not just because here's the deal. Think about this for a second. I'll finish the rest of this video because I've got a couple minutes left. But the ultimate goal here is what? To impeach President Trump. But if you impeach Trump, who becomes president? Mike Pence. So, once again, I know the left better than the back of my hand. What is this narrative telling you right now? Here comes the trial balloon. Okay, guys, Trump's saying that Pence is as guilty as he is. So what do we have to do? Not only do we have to impeach Trump, we have to impeach Pence. Because who's third in line for the presidency? That would be the Speaker of the House, my friends. That would be Nancy Pelosi. You know this is what the left is trying to do. They're setting up the narrative. They're setting up the story so that both Pence and Trump go down. This is as false as the day is long. 
So take this seriously. Yeah, I think, again, I think the Pence people, you know, tried to put out a, a line that, you know, insulated him. And the, the Trump White House sent a message saying, if I'm going down, you're coming down with me. There's, there's only one story coming out of this White House, and it's not one that uh, protects you. It goes to the White House strategy, though. I mean, look at what um, uh, Trump and the team did when Mitt Romney came out and said he was troubled by this. They put out a video that was designed to embarrass him. That wasn't a message to Romney. It was a message to the other 52 senators in the Senate saying, if you say something negative about us, we will come after you with all of the might of the $300 million we have in the bank at the campaign and, and the... Why shouldn't the White House defend itself? I mean, I want you to think about that argument for a second. Why shouldn't the White House defend itself against the idiot that is Mitt Romney? I did that. I'm telling you, you want to go listen to a classic Matlock show? Go listen to episode 406. I tore Romney a new one that day when he went to Utah and just berated Trump before he was the president because he's a lackey. He's a moron. So why shouldn't the White House come out and say, you know what, Mitt, you're wrong. We don't believe you. But yet, what is the left doing? <laughs> see, see what they did with Romney? It wasn't about Romney. It was about all the other 52 senators. No, the other 52 senators aren't stupid enough to be a spineless, ridiculous moron. All right, here we go. Pulpit that we have here at the White House. You wrote a piece for the Washington Post yes, op-ed where you talked about what goes on behind the scenes during an impeachment. I don't know if you can liken this White House to any in history, but if anybody can, you can, because you know all of the anxiety and stress that gets ratcheted up just by definition during something like this. So what is likely happening with all of the people around the president? Well, you know, the, there's there's very little comparison between the Clinton White House and any normal White House. And I would put every president, you know, sort of in my lifetime, with the exception of Nixon, as a normal, you know. You're, you're saying no comparison to the Trump White the House. House. Yeah, to what, to what Trump is. So, it's you know, it is hard to compare. But I'll tell you the one thing that is um, uh, uh, comparable is, you know, most of the people in the White House don't know what's going on. Uh, in the Clinton White House, we were very careful about keeping the group of people who worked on this separated from everyone else. And when everyone else was told to go into their work, but the people every day were just like American news consumers. They were hanging on every word. They were watching TV. They didn't know. And that's the case here. The difference is the president is the chief spokesperson for the president here. And he's out there every single day ratcheting this thing up. And, you know, the, the press conference performance was embarrassing, but also troubling. Um, you know, given that he started lecturing the media on here's what you'll cover, here's what you'll ask. Um, but that's the, the sense of anxiety in the White House has to be incredibly high just because they don't know any more than we know and our viewers know. And they find out the same way, which is from a tweet that they're given no warning of. And then. All right. I forgot to unmute my mic there, but it doesn't. I mean, I'm done with that. Oh, the White House doesn't know, and they get a tweet, and it's in chaos, and there's the story. There is your narrative. There is the mainstream media trying to float the trial balloon that says, you know, let's look at this. Maybe maybe if we can say that the White House is at odds. Maybe if we say the aides are at each other's throats. Maybe if we say there's chaos. Maybe if we do this enough. Because I'm telling you, the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal of the White House, or I'm sorry, not the White House, of the press, of the mainstream media, 
is to get the the average viewer to believe mom and dad of this country who are working hard, who are out there doing what's necessary to raise their family, trying to go on vacation, you know, doing those things. Their goal, the mainstream media, is to get these average people to believe that both Trump and Pence are crooked and have to go. Because without, I mean, if you really think about it, and I, I talked about this, you know, here in the first part of the show, if they impeach Trump, they're still stuck with Pence. Pence is every bit as conservative as Trump. I, I've talked to Mike Pence a couple times. He's the former governor of Indiana. Great guy. Christian, conservative, principled. I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get Donald Trump 2.0 minus the Twitter. So what does the left have to do? They have to take out both. They have to take out both. If they don't, then what happens is they're left with Pence. If they take out both, they get Nancy Pelosi. They get it's all about power. My friends, it's all about power. All right, we're going to shift gears here because I want to talk about a few things. But before I do that, head over to the matlockshow.com. Uh, T-shirts are on sale. Hats are on sale. I'm going to have that. I have to apologize. I have been so damn busy. I will have the September newsletter out sometime this weekend. Saturday or Sunday, it will be out. I know it's about three or four days late. I've been busier and I'll get out, but you're going to want to sign up for it, okay? So if you go to my website, thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E, there's a place where you can put in your email, and I'm not going to spam you. I'm going to send you an email once a month about the going-ons and happenings of the Matlock Show. Now, I'm going to tell you some things here. I'm going to let a little cat out of the bag. Meow. There's going to be some things in that newsletter you're going to want to see. Just saying. Got some t-shirts and hats on sale over at the website, thematlockshow.com. You also can get over there. You can find all my social media. You can find my connections. There's a link to Save the Brave. There's a link to America's Voice. There's a link to Verb Forever. CBD oil, hemp, the new laws that are now in force in the United States. I'll tell you, if you're looking for CBD, which we're buying it for our dog, and I have to tell you, it's working fantastic. You can get it for your pet. You can get it for you. It's some of the best CBD oil in the market today. It's approved. It's tested. And if you act now, if you're a first-time buyer, Verve 50, V-E-R-V-E-5-0, will, the, that coupon code will get you 50% off your first order. You can use Verve 30, I'm, he I'm hearing, V-E-R-V-E-3-0, which will get you 30% off. But I will tell you one thing. I know Verve 20 works, 2-0. So first time order, 50. If you're a frequent flyer, try the 30, but I think the 20 will work every time. At least that's what I've been told. They're blowing it out of the water. And I have to tell you, Verve Forever is going to come out with some more products, not just CBD oil, but a lot of other things. I'm hearing some women's cosmetics. I'm hearing some creams and, and whatnot, so you're going to have to pay attention. I'll give that big announcement when it happens, but I tell you, I'm proud to be a Verve Forever Ambassador. I think it's amazing. I love the CBD oil. It's worked for our dog. I know it will work for you. I've got listeners telling me, several of them, boy, I'll tell you, I sleep better. I feel better. My pain is less. My anxiety has went away. So... It works. Head over to thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. Click on that Verve Forever link. Use Verve 20, 30, or 50 
if you're a first-time buyer and do it today. All right, um, let's do this. So I was browsing this morning because I do my show prep the night before and I get all my show ready. And I normally do the podcast in the morning, which I'm doing right now. I'm doing it before my television show. It's just easier because of the setup and the way I do TV and the way I do radio. So I normally come here in the morning first thing and I get up and I do some show prep and I come in and I do my podcast. And then, of course, we, we, we launch it or drop it at 4 p.m. Eastern. Well, I'm doing some show prep this morning and I come across this article that I find interesting because, as you all know, Bernie Sanders had two stents put in an artery. He had chest pains, um, heart condition, had it taken care of. And I said this the other day. I said, only in America where we don't have socialized medicine, would Bernie Sanders be able to do this this quickly at his age, getting this kind of medical attention? So we're finding out now. I mean, this was the first of the week, by the way. This was weekend Monday type stuff. Today's Friday. Bernie Sanders is still in the hospital. Now, I I was talking to a gentleman Wednesday out when we were shooting the um, clay pigeons. And the guy's a doctor. And we were talking about these stents. And he's like, look, it's not open heart surgery. I said, yeah, I know. I said, but it's still your heart. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, it's it's still your heart. I said, yeah. I mean, they had to put a couple stents into arteries leading to his heart. He's like, yeah, it, it wasn't anything that uh, wasn't not good, right? So I was talking to him. I said, you know, when do you think if and when – do you think Bernie Sanders will be back on the campaign trail? He's like, Matt, think about it. it. It takes a lot of effort, travel, talking, energy, speaking in front of people, doing these rallies and all this other stuff. You know, it takes energy. He doesn't have that. When your heart isn't at full, you don't have the energy. That's what gives your blood flow. You know, your heart's constantly pumping your blood. You know, your organs are constantly filtering it, your kidneys, your liver. You know, they're trying to make you feel better. Well, one, and that's the thing with older people. And here's the problem. When one system is affected, all systems get, they, 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 they get affected. So it may just be his heart, but that affects his kidneys. That affects his liver. That affects his digestive system. That, 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 that affects his immune system. They're put him on drugs. I'm sure probably blood thinners, you know? So you start looking at this stuff. Now he's a 78 year old man who's had some surgery on his heart. That's going to affect everything else. And now we're learning he's still in the hospital. How long do you think he's going to be there? I don't know. Two weeks, a week. I don't know what kind of surgery. I mean, is it laparoscopic? I don't know how they put those stents in, but still they had to go inside of his body. They had to go inside of that artery. They had to do that. He's 78 years old. You don't heal as fast when you're 78 years old. So he is still in the hospital five days, four or five days in, and is canceling events after having two stents inserted in a blocked artery. But his wife is insisting because, guys, there's a debate coming up in 11 days. There is a debate coming up on October 15th. Now, What's the over-under that Bernie Sanders will be there? And here's the story. He hasn't left the hospital since Tuesday and is still recovering from an operation to place two stents in a blocked artery. But the 78-year-old socialist firebrand 
you got to love the Daily Mail, the oldest person in the 2020 field, plans to be on the stage for a Democrat presidential primary debate October 15th in Ohio. Quote, Bernie is up and about, his wife Jane said in a statement. Yesterday, he spent much of the day talking with staff about policies, cracking jokes with the nurses and doctors, and speaking with his family on the phone. His doctors are pleased with his progress, and there has been no need for any additional procedures. See, they're waiting to see if there's anything else going on. Uh, she said, we expect Bernie will be discharged and on a plane back to Burlington before the end of the weekend. Now, that's another thing. The dude just had surgery. You're not going to just jump on a plane. What does altitude do to your body? You know, they always tell you when you're pregnant not to fly. Altitude. It, it messes with you. So you're telling me that after having surgery on Tuesday that you're going to have Bernie Sanders on a plane Saturday or Sunday? No way. No way. They always tell you anytime. I mean, my wife broke her ankle right before she was supposed to go to Ireland and the doctor told her you probably shouldn't fly. Always happens. That's just a broken ankle. We're talking about his heart. We're, we're talking about if it stops, he's dead. Yeah. I don't believe he's going to be on a plane by the end of the weekend. She says he'll take a few days to rest but he'll be ready to get back out there and is looking forward to the October debate. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't foresee him making that debate. It's only 11 days. 11 days. That is two weeks out of having stents put in arteries by your heart. Now, he's canceling a string of presidential campaign events on Wednesday after suffering what a spokesman said was chest discomfort that required those stents. I'm telling you. I think this guy's done. Now, they went through, and the Daily Mail documented all of these ages. I want you to listen to this. Bernie Sanders is 79 years, four months. Oh, okay. Here is the age of each uh, that would be on Inauguration Day if they win. So Bernie would be 79 years and four months. Biden would be 78 years and two months. Bill Weld would be 75 years and five months. Donald Trump, president, currently President Donald Trump, 74 years and seven months. Elizabeth Warren, 71 years and six months. Joe Sestak, 69 years, one month. Marianne Williamson, 68 years, six months. I didn't realize she was that old. Uh, Tom Steyer, 63 years and six months. Klobacher, 60 years, seven months. Joe Walsh, 59 years and 25 days. Uh, John Delaney, 57 years, nine months. Kamala Harris, 56 years, three months. Michael Bennett, 56 years, one month. Steve Bullock, 54 years, nine months. Cory Booker's 50 would be 51. I can't believe that either. 51 years, eight months. Uh, Francis would be 48 years and three months. Tim Ryan, 47 years, six months. Uh, Wayne Messman, who is the mayor of Miramar, Florida. I can count him out, but he'd be 46 years, seven months. Uh, Julian Castro would be 46 years, four months. Andrew Yang would be 46 years, eight days. Tulsi Gabbert would be 39 years and nine months. And Pete Buttigieg would be 39 years and two days. So there you go. There, there you have it. Sanders still in the hospital, still recovering. Will he or will he not... Make the debate October 15th. That is yet to be seen, guys. That's it for today. I mean, that's that's all I got. 
for a Friday. I hope you have a great Friday. I hope you enjoy the weekend. I'm going to watch the Braves game tonight. Got the Ohio State game tomorrow and the Colts game on Sunday, baby. And I might play around a golf in there somewhere, too. Have a great weekend. Got some stuff coming for you. Got some great surprises. You're going to have to stick around to find out. Like I said, go tell one person in your life about the Matlock Show. Share, share, share. Because if you share, we can grow. And we're growing exponentially. And I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. All right, guys, that's it. Have a great weekend. Red Friday. Remember, everybody deployed. The Matlock Show is out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number. 3030.